Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Good News Podcast. And uh, today's episode is with a very famous musician. Uh, his name is Moshe Hammer. And uh, look him up if you don't know uh, of that name. And, and maybe you didn't, that's okay. But th- yeah, he's played all over the world. He is a famous violinist and he is just an amazing individual. I was blessed. Many of us around our church, NBUC, North Bremen United Church, were blessed to meet Moshe as part of the program that he offers called the Hammer Band. We're going to talk about that today. In fact, I, I got quite emotional when we talked about the Hammer Band and the impact that it is having, this incredible initiative, incredible ministry, uh, where Moshe and his team go into underprivileged areas and, and enable them to learn the violin. And the disciplines, the love, the connection that happens with it is transformed. Formative. And so just an amazing guy. I think you're going to really, really be inspired by this conversation. I know I certainly was as, as we had. He's just also just an awesome guy. A really guy. I think you're going to love him. Friends, get ready. Let's dive in. Welcome everyone to the, to the Good News Podcast. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Um, this is a very special friend and uh I know uh, just even before we started recording here today, I've really enjoyed getting reconnected. Um, this is uh, Moshe Hammer, a very, very famous musician, uh, has an incredible story, not only of his own performing, but a, a, a ministry, a, a work initiative called the Hammer Band. So we'll we'll get into that. But uh, Moshe, I thought it would be great just to hear you, you've had quite a quite a life and, and probably been places and done many things that most of us um, haven't been able to do through your performing and just love to kind of jump into that a little bit just to, to share some of that, that that as you reflect on that and think about, about your life it's been quite amazing I think thank you Jamie it's so good to see you after, yeah. after we had a tumultuous couple of years yeah um, it's, it's lovely to be back in almost normal life almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still still worry a little bit when I go to a restaurant or next week it will be my first show that I go to. Ah. Uh, sitting in, an, in, in, in a hall with a thousand people for two hours is still somewhat, you know, I think about it, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. It's not a normal, normal sort of an, an activity that, that I'm back to. But yeah, as you mentioned life, um, my first fun story when it comes to music was when I was six years old and, and my parents, I went with my parents to a wedding and there was a klezmer band. And a klezmer band usually has a clarinet, a fiddle, and some kind of a keyboard and all that. So I remember, and I still remember it, age six, I was so taken with the violinist, with the fiddler, that I stood by his side for the whole evening, goo goo gaga and open mouth and, and just looking with adoration at the guy. And the next day I started bugging my parents. Please get me a violin. And that was the start of my life as a... At, at six years old. A violinist, yes. I totally was taken with, with the way that he was moving his bow on the strings. It was just beautiful. Just and what was, and what was their response? Because were they, were they musicians themselves? Was there any uh, violinist history in your family? No, actually, actually, no. My, my, my dad... My dad has a good ear. My mom, completely. You know, I used to say that in order to know if someone has good hearing or good ear or good voice, you ask them to sing two notes. 
So for instance, if someone cannot sing, you would hear something like, happy birthday to you. <laughs> and then you know someone has no ear. And that's okay. With my mom, all it took was one note. <laughs> Well, I I, uh, I love your mom already because I think I'd be in that category too. Yeah. My mom was just absolutely amazing. Just, mm. just so was my dad, but my mom lived on her own for about twenty years after my dad passed. So she she's quite an amazing lady. Mm. Awesome, awesome. So this was the beginning of my musical life. Yeah. And, um, then as I as I grew up. Of course, I did not like to practice. Like, no child likes to practice. That's, that's a given. And what I do remember is that I tried to do my violin practice as quick as I could so that I could join my friends outside who were playing soccer. So yeah. I said to him, okay, five more minutes, and I'll be with you. <laughs> so <I> would... <laughs> that, was, that is a fun memory of us growing up as a young violinist. Um, yeah, I was quite good. Yeah. And um, I remember there was a, my first concert. I was asked to play in front of the mayor of Tel Aviv. Wow. Big deal. Right? And he was so impressed. He says to me, I, whatever you like, I can get you whatever you, what would you like? And I said, I'm so thirsty. May I have a glass of water? Uh, how old would you have been at this point? Eight. Oh my goodness! So you so you progressed rapidly to go from just six years old, one that young, picking up such a unique instrument, but then playing at a place like that by eight years old—that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I was, as I'm saying, I was quite good. So yeah, it, yeah. I grew up in Israel, which was a uh, shall we say it's a it's an amazing country, mm. uh, amazing country, but. The history of Israel has always been tumultuous. Yeah, yeah. In, in so many ways, and um, I uh, I grew up there and uh, continued with my music studies and school studies. And when I was uh, late teens, sort of nineteen years old, I got a scholarship and uh, moved to New York to study at the Juilliard School, which was quite exciting. First first time alone. Think about mm. it, young man flying away, leaving tiny Israel to go to New York, the city that we always only saw in movies. Yeah, of course. And uh, it was it was very interesting. One one of my cute stories about suddenly growing up and being on my own. I went to have breakfast, and the guy says to me in in sort of in a heavy accent. Took me a while to understand. What would you like? I didn't know. I didn't know what was what. I'm looking at the menu. And I remember I used to I used to love reading Hemingway. And he used to order ham and eggs. So I said, may I have ham and eggs? Okay. <laughs> My first breakfast in New York was a Hemingway breakfast. <clears throat> so then, you know, life goes on and I studied and I, then I started traveling. Once I performed, then I started traveling, and I always loved performing in front of people, always, because there's a 
some kind of a unique connection with the audience. <clears throat> and Jamie, I have, a, I have a visual here that I'd like to share with you and awesome. your audience. Tell me if I'm a little bit uh, crazy when I think about this, but I will share it with you. We know that we have a so-called aura and, and an electric field, whatever, around us. We know that. That's a mm -hmm. given. And some people say that it is about one centimeter away from the body or two centimeters. I don't know how far it, it goes. But my take of an aura is mm -hmm. that it expands. Mm -hmm. I'm sure when you are in front of your, mm -hmm. of your community, Jamie, when you speak to your community, your aura expands. Mm -hmm. So to me, when I do a concert, and let's say there are 500 people in the audience, my aura expands and it envelopes everybody. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. During the concert, so that while I play, we are all in this phenomenal place of energy and communication. Yeah. And in my yeah. case, it's music. In your case, it's words and ideas. Yeah. But it is that kind of a sharing of, mm. of energy. Mm -hmm. Communication mm -hmm. to me, it's it's magic, absolute yeah. Yeah. magic. Yeah. So, yeah. am I making? Do I make sense? Uh, uh, absolutely, you are to me. Um, I, 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 I can. The word that's coming to me as you're talking is connection. Like, there's a connection that happens, and I love the idea of the aura and the enveloping of our our energies together. When 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 we, yeah, no, I, I, I which to me makes it, and and I'm not surprised. Because um, my sense of you is um, there's there's way more than the music as 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 powerful and as good as music is there's something deeper in that connection that happens with people and that for, for me that comes out um, I think you and I have always had a beautiful little connection like whenever we've connected um, it's been I know I've come away thinking man I just I love this I love this person and and I, I feel like you would have that on a stage with a number of people. Because it's who you are. You have this desire to connect with people and that aura. Absolutely. I love that image. I, I love that image. I'd love to go back to talk a bit about how you got to where you are today musically in the sense of um, it sounds like you had a natural talent, like to be able to pick up the instrument of, uh, that's so unique at six. And But but what, what would you say would be the balance between um, a natural talent that you clearly have but also hard work to practice. Cause I know that's often, you know, that's often something people wrestle with, uh, which, which came first or which is the most important. Is it a natural gifted individual at this, whatever it might be in this case, playing the violin, uh, it translates to communication. It translates to math. It translates to sports, whatever, uh, versus practice and working hard. How, how, yeah. How, how do you, in your own life, how do you see those, those coming together, which has been more important. Could you even say one's been more important? Yes, that is the age-old question between nature and nurture. It's yeah, the same. Yeah. yeah, and you hit on, on a very important uh, aspect of what we do with the hammer band. When, when we talk to kids, obviously no kid likes to practice. That's obvious, nobody. Because practice is not really fun. <laughs> it's not. You have to keep repeating. So... One of the examples I bring to the children of the Hammer Band is they all know who LeBron James is, of course. So I asked them, how many times do you think LeBron James, when he was a young man, 
How many times did he go to the free throw line and lob balls towards the basket? And, and 20, 30, you know, they come up with numbers, right? <laughs> yeah. 100,000 or yeah. 200,000 throughout. Yeah. That's why he's so good. Yeah. Not because he's talented or big, uh, but it's because all that repetition that, that he came up with. And kids understand that, I think. Yeah. Will it translate into their own understanding of what it takes to get better? Maybe. Some, obviously, some kids understand it better than others because just yesterday I was teaching and one of the kids was obviously much more ready to play whatever she was playing. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. And she played it really well. So and one kid could barely do it. And I said, how come she can do it? He says, I think she practices. You're right. Otherwise, she would not be able to play the song. And that's when maybe the coin drops for many, mm -hmm. many children is that it's not enough to just be there and not put in the work. I have a sweet story to tell you. I must have been seven or eight years old and was practicing at home. And one of my friends came over and saw me practicing. And he says, can I have a violin? Of course, I gave him the violin. So he takes the violin and he moves the bone. Of course, the most terrible sounds come out. As of course. Mm. And I'll never forget his face. His face became completely uh, just sort of, what happened? Where are the songs? He, in his mind, you go like this and here are yeah. the songs. And I'll never forget that, that look on his face that just did not connect between reality and, and, and what it takes to play the violin. So yes, your answer, um, your, your question, I should say, is, is, is fantastic because the idea that even if you're talented like LeBron James or, 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 or if you're talented like Shakespeare, or the greatest talents in history, in music, and in arts, and all mm -hmm. that sports, you have to put in the time. Mm. It's like Einstein said, it, it takes 1% talent and 99% hard work. Yeah, yeah. And he absolutely. Was, was a very smart man. Mm. Love that, love that, love that. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, so much. <laughs> you mentioned the, the Hammer Band, and... Uh, let, let's get into that. that, that I just, oh boy, it, it, it makes me quite emotional just even thinking about what the Hammer Band is doing these days. And uh, we obviously came into contact as you brought that beautiful program into the, the Journey Neighborhood Center, the Ardglen uh, Arenda communities here in Brampton. But uh, if we can backtrack a little bit, uh, Moshe, to, just to hear about how, 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 maybe what the Hammer Band is, because not everyone will know that, but how, how did that come about? How did... What led you to to move in that direction and, and 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 start this amazing, I would call it a ministry, amazing initiative. Yeah. Yes, it all started with a with quite an infamous summer in Toronto in 2005. You probably remember it was called mm -hmm. the Summer of the Gun. 
Yeah, yeah. Sadly, very sadly, in, in the northwest part of Toronto, that summer, the gangs, the, the drug gangs were fighting each other, and it became so intense that we had headlines every day in the news, in the news media, another shooting and another shooting, another this and another that. It was just horrendous. And most of these crimes were committed by young people. Mm. It was, it was, to me, it was heartbreaking. And uh, I always loved kids. This is one of my, it's part of my genes. Okay, it, it, it's, it's, an, it's an integral, integral part of one of my, how do they call those genes, beautiful, uh, they always show you a picture of the, ladder moving around and yeah, twisting. Yeah, the DNA, it, yeah. yeah. The third yeah. one says, I love kids. Mm. And it, it, it was very sad for me to see young, young boys shooting with guns and all this and all that. And I was, I was very unhappy about the situation. And one day I, I knew I had to do something about it. So it came to me that the words violence and violins are almost interchangeable. So it was very easy. I decided I will take violence and turn it into violins. Wow. So the, the secondary name of the hammer band is from violence to violins. Amazing. So I figured out a way to do it. I... I visited a school. I remember the first school was Derry Down, which is around Jane and whatever, somewhere northwest Toronto. And I went to see the principal and I said, I'd like to bring a violin program to your school. And she says, how much will it cost me? I said, well, of it's course. free. It's free. She says, can you stop next week? <laughs> so... We started next week, and uh, the first year we had 20 students in one school. And just before the pandemic in 2019, we had over, over 1,000 kids in 42 schools. And that wow. was in, in about 12 years, because we are now celebrating our 15th anniversary. So, hooray. Hooray is right. That's amazing. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Um, as, as, you know, to go from one school to like a, a 42 schools and counting, um, what has that process been like for you? I, I assume that it, it's, it's moved past um, your, yourself, like you, because one person can only do so, so much. Yeah. So what, what has that process been like as you've expanded this, this, this beautiful initiative? Yes, it was, um, it was almost uh, almost watching a flower grow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I need to now tell your audience actually what we do because yeah. turning violence into violence. So what, what we actually did at the beginning and are still doing is we come into schools that are in undeserved areas. Mm of the GTA, underserved. Mm -hmm. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, I think we got it. Yeah, un, un, underserved, yeah, yeah. 
disturbed. Yeah, I was not sure what how it came about. And we give kids from from these areas in Toronto, we give them a unique opportunity mm. to actually enjoy something that they would not be able to otherwise enjoy. Mm. And that is the opportunity of music in their lives. And that is quite spectacular because what we teach children is not only how to play the violin and, and, and be able to play Ode to Joy by Beethoven or Hot Cross Buns, uh, <laughs> children's tune, but what we teach children is life skills. Yeah. We, give, we give children the opportunity to understand what, what responsibility is, yeah. what it means to listen, what it means to work together as a team to give a concert, etc., etc., etc. So there are dozens of life skills that that come together with with violin and music classes. So each child receives a violin for the year, and each child receives weekly violin classes. And that's what that's what we've been doing. And as we grew, of course, we uh, we now have more teachers, as as you <laughs> very clearly said. I could not do <laughs> all that work, and and the teachers and I help, and we we go to schools and we entertain children. Like yesterday, I was bringing in a potential new teacher, and she followed me to see what I do with the kids. And I remember at the end of, of, of the classes, I, I, I had to remind her that what I do is entertain the children and challenge their imagination, not only with music, but bring up all these other wonderful things. My vision, my vision is a small one. <laughs> I do not want, I do not necessarily want to bring hundreds and hundreds of new violinists to the world, but I would like to make children into more productive and more successful adults, mm. more, more kind, kinder members of our community. Mm. Mm -hmm. That is my vision. Mm. Mm. Well, and, and to tie that back to your initial vision where it came through a summer of the gun and just trying to help young people get on a different path like i i i i mean i i know it, it's working because i get to hear the stories uh, at the journey neighborhood center in the ardglen area here in brampton uh, i'll hear i'll hear parents talk about their kids who they can't believe they're practicing the violin they're playing the violin and sometimes i hear stories it's kind of painful at home but i can't believe they're doing this like and you, you know because i mean that that could be a very different story for any kid but especially in some of the communities that we're talking about um what are what are some of the success stories um and success might not even be the right word because it's it's but the, just the the transformation stories the stories the stories that make you say oh this is working. This is why we do this. Like this is this is. I would do it all just for that one. You know, like I don't, are there any that come to mind as you as you think about that? Absolutely, yes. And there are many of them. And let me first give kudos to Brian Beatty, who is the the teacher in Brampton, and mm -hmm. he is a fantastic person and a great teacher. Kids love him. 
and he teaches in schools and in, in community centers. I think this year he's teaching about 150 students, which is quite mm -hmm. amazing. Each of these amazing. kids get weekly classes from him. So yay, Brian. Yay, Brian is right. Yeah. So some of the success stories are fantastic. Uh, but uh, may I tell you something which is quite amusing, and I love it. If I ever write a book, this will be the title. I was telling students about Beethoven because we were doing Ode to Joy. So how, you know, where did he live? Okay, Germany. Okay. When did he live? Uh, in the late 1700s. And one kid raises her hand and says, Mr. Hammer, I thought Beethoven was a dog. <laughs> and I said, you're right. There was a movie called Beethoven. <laughs> Wonderful. So we finished the class and this student, sorry. And then other kid says, oh yeah, Beethoven was deaf, right? Yes, Beethoven was deaf. Okay. Then we went on with the class. At the end of class, this girl who asked me about Beethoven, the dog, Pulls my arm and says, Mr. Hammer, was the dog deaf? <laughs> so that will be the title of my first book, if it, if it is ever written, Was the Dog Deaf? <laughs> nice. So there you are. But we have some fantastic stories. Yeah. Um, uh, as you say, I never know when I throw out my crazy ideas whether they are picked up by anyone. We don't know that. We, we say all these supposedly smart things and great ideas and we lob them towards people and whether they pick it up or not, we don't know. Yeah. So a few years ago, I met some of our alumni and I met these four lovely, lovely young people. By that time, they were late teens. They were 19 or 20. They were all in university, which I was so happy for. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Those four kids were with me the first day that, when the first class started. And I said to them, well, tell me, tell me how it feels. And one student tells me that that first day she learned how important it is to be on time. Mm. And my heart started. So yeah, I say, wow, that is fantastic. And another one said, Mr. Hammer, that first day you taught me responsibility. And that's when I really became emotional. I said, how? How did it happen? You were telling us that this violin that, that we are receiving, I'm responsible to mm. take care of this instrument. Yeah. And yeah. that kid really got it into her head that yeah. I'm now at the age of nine. Hmm. I am responsible for this violin. Yeah. Yeah. And this student was 19 years old mm. and she remembered mm. being responsible. And I knew that we, we are successful. If even a few mm -hmm. children learn that and they become a responsible adult, we are, we are doing good work. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I'm, my sense is we, we often underestimate what, what people can do, uh, what young people can do in particular. And, and honestly, young people from, 
from underserved areas even more so. And I just love the vision of this. You know, it isn't cool eh? because I feel like um, in my language, I mean, like God takes an idea that we have and just makes it so much better than we ever thought it could be in, in the sense of like, I love where this came from, but you know, most of us don't have everything planned out when we start something. And, and what I love what's underneath this is raising the bar on what's expected and what is possible for people who maybe didn't think that anyone else thinks that about them. But yeah, you got to be on time. You got to take care of this instrument. Like who would think it's a hard instrument to learn. An instrument is a hard period, but you, you can do this. Like just the, the messaging that comes in the practice of even living into this is it, it is life transforming. Um, it is, yeah. and, yeah. and one yeah. of the most important uh, aspects of life that kids sometimes never learn, as we know. Yeah. No. Adults do not always know what it means to be, to make a commitment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, one of the stories that I love thinking about and even telling it is, a kid came to me after about a month and says, oh, I want to quit, Mr. Hammer. And I said, how come? You made a commitment that you're going to play the violin for the whole year. You can quit next year, but you made a commitment. And she didn't feel like it. So I called up the mother. And the mother was one of those mothers who said, oh, my darling daughter. (laughs) And so I said to her, who is the mother here? Who is the parent? You have to daughter yeah. that she has to continue yeah which she did i'm so glad nice. because, because the daughter became one of the best in class by the end of the year she mm-hmm. really did it but it took a little bit of coercion yeah. Yeah. from me yeah. and from yeah. a parent yeah. and i'll bet that kid understands what it means to stay with something not yeah. not give up on it because i always say to kids the easiest thing to do is quit. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like it. Okay, that's it. Finish. Yeah. And we do it as adults all the time. We make January yeah. commitments to do exercise and yeah. to go on a diet, whatever, whatever. By February, it's all done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that message. Whether you feel like it or not, just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we got to do that. Yeah. Um. Moshe, I'm I'm curious on on I love obviously that it's free like I, I that that especially in some of the areas that you're going into um, that's that's a huge part of what makes it possible. Um, can I ask how this is resourced because that's a that's got to be a significant challenge um, to keep it free, uh, which is which is a huge part of the vision initiative uh, to make it accessible to people, um, but especially as it expands, costs rise, more people, more violins, more teachers. How, how, how is this um, resourced? We are a not-for-profit charity. And as such, one of our biggest challenges every year is to raise funds. Yeah. And our funds come from three, three areas. And one of them is obviously foundations. Yeah. And then we have corporations that donate to the Hammer Band. And we have individual donations. People... Nice who donate, and we have our yearly fundraiser. And uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, so far we have been doing okay. During the pandemic, it was harder, of course. 
And now as we get out, uh, my fingers are crossed, we have a new initiative with the board of directors, how to go to the next level, because uh, as, I'm, uh, as I'm getting younger in age, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that when I leave, hopefully not soon, but when I leave, that the hammer band is on very sure footing. Mm. Or as I like to call it, the basement is very, very solid. Yeah. yeah. So that the, the the initiative in our program goes on and on because sadly, the GTA has the last number that I heard, the GTA has one hundred fifty thousand children who live in poverty. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we live in one of the wealthiest cities in the world, mm. does, those two the, the, those two facts somehow do not seem to yeah to be mm -hmm. in the same in the same in, mm -hmm. in, in times. So, never mm -hmm. mind same place, same time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense, and yet that's how it is. Mm -hmm. So in in my in my mind, I would like to be to give these all these children or as many as possible. The opportunity, this opportunity, because it gives them, it just gives them that extra little spark. You know, one of our kids, and I don't know if we were responsible, but I'm sure it helped. This kid uh, grew up in Jane and Finch, and he was going to school. Lovely, lovely child, very smart. And I found out how smart later, but he, he, he did the hammer band classes for about two years. And when he became, uh, I think, 12 years old or 13 years old, he went to some kind of a test at UCC, which is the most expensive school for boys in the country. And he passed the test big time and he got a full scholarship for UCC. So he, he now he's in university and he got a full scholarship for university and he still plays the violin with awesome. me. Awesome. So imagine this kid who would never, yeah, never be able to, to do that is now in business school in, in University of Toronto. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Oh. Well, friends, I just encourage people. This isn't meant to be a commercial, but I know I'm moved by this, the work that the Hammer Band is doing. Um, go online, check out the Hammer Band. And you'll find ways to help resource this this incredible work. Um, Moshi, but we better we better bring things to a close here. So maybe we'll close with a little bit of good news podcast rapid fire, if we could. What's the best thing going on in your in your home in your family these days? It's always children. <laughs> Nice. And I, I consider myself very lucky because before the pandemic, I considered that I had a thousand children with the Hammer Band. And between my wife and I, we have 10 grandchildren. Mm. So that is absolutely fantastic. There's, there's something about children that after I have to. I've not yet come up with a word mm. that truly encapsulates the joy and the magic of children. Mm. But maybe the best word is endorphin makers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Endorphin makers. So 
a sweet story, and it's not even my grandchild, but a good friend of mine just had a baby. Uh, the baby is now four months old. We went to a funeral last week of a friend who died very young. Mm. And everyone was down and sad and red-faced mm-hmm. and, and crying and all this and all that. And I promised that I would play. I was asked to play. Oh, nice. I did not know if I was going to be able to do it because I felt so low in energy. Mm-hmm. So here is what happened. The mother of the baby left the room because the baby was making some noise. So I decided to follow them. And I went out with the mother and the baby. And magic happened because the baby decided that she was going to talk to me in the cue cooing voices, you know, those amazing sounds. Mm. And the two of us had a one-minute conversation, at the end of which I felt energized, Mm. filled with filled with life. Mm. And then I went and I played, I played the song that I promised I would play. That's cool. That's awesome. Magic. Very cool. Very cool. What's the best thing uh, going on in your in your neighborhood, in your community? The, the beauty is the coming out of COVID and springtime. And the days are getting longer and, and I'm looking out and I see the sun. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. I love it. Every day, every day gets two minutes longer. <laughs> nice. That's great. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, <laughs> yes. Light is magic, music is magic, and even when the music is sad, it is still beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll mention one of my all-time uh, people, Mozart. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things about the music of Mozart is that he shows us in every piece of music that he wrote, that life is not all laughing and dancing and 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 fun stuff. Life is not life is not all that. Life mm-hmm. has its darker sides as well. Yeah, for sure. But at the end, at the end, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely okay. Yeah. So when you finish a piece of Mozart, your shoulders are straight. Mm. And you look up and you smile and you say, yep, this is what life is all about. Wow. Wow. Oh, thank you. Finally, best thing going on in our world. Ah, it's, it's <laughs> I'm smiling and laughing because our world right now is... is we are going through some very challenging yeah. mm-hmm. times, but I always love the the resilience of, mm. of human people. Mm-hmm. And I say human people, yes, as, as I chose my words carefully. Mm. There is something about us which is brilliant, just mm-hmm. brilliant. And I think that is still there. Yeah. The imagination, the energy, the, 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 the drive, 
the life, the yeah. life, our life force. Yeah. And maybe that's why I love children so much because with kids, life force is, is, is just exploding in front of our eyes. And, and life force is something spectacular. Mm-hmm. Together, with, together with what love and music and, and the arts. And that combination is just in mm-hmm. flowers, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Flowers are growing yeah. out. It's it's all it's all beautiful. Yeah. Really, absolutely. really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. Very well and, put. Oh. Friends like you, Jamie, that I forgot. Hmm. Being with friends is one of the joys of life. Yeah, yeah. So good. So good. Moshe, thank you so much for, for today. I, I it has been good for my soul to be with you today. And I think others are gonna feel the same way uh, when they get to listen into this 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 beautiful conversation in life that God has blessed you with and continues to bless you with. Love to close with a prayer for you, for your family, for the hammer bed, and uh, give thanks for all that all is happening there. Yeah, let's pray. Oh God, thank you so so much for uh, life, <laughs> and and yeah, as 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 uh, Moshe has, has said so well, it is it is filled with ups and downs. We've experienced that through this pandemic, um, and and we continue to, and and yet, um, yeah, life continues to bubble up. There, there, you have blessed the human race uh, with a resiliency. And we, we thank you for that. Bless uh, Moshe's family, uh, those 10 grandchildren, the smiles they put on his face, and I am sure that he puts on theirs. The, we, we, we pray for the, for the hammer band, for uh, a thousand plus um, beautiful young people learning not just how to play a, 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 an instrument, but learning about, about life, about showing up on time, about taking responsibility, about having expectations that there is a belief in them and the way that that will change the course of the rest of their life. We pray for resources to flow in for this incredible uh, work of the Hammer Band. And just thanks again um, for this conversation. And may you take whatever part you need to take into each of our lives as we are inspired and encouraged by what we've heard today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And uh, we'll be in touch, uh, but uh, really appreciate you and the beautiful work uh, that, that you are doing. And thanks for, for sharing it so, so, uh, so well today. Yeah, thanks so much, Moshe. Yeah. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everyone else want to say thanks to you for being a part of our Good News Podcast family. Great to have you uh, part of uh, this conversation. God bless you and be with you. Hope to see you again real soon. Wow, I told you this was an amazing guy. Every time I get a chance to connect with Moshe, I just want to connect more. What a beautiful man, a a faith man, a man who is living on purpose. I I love that that he's he's so so captivated by this vision that God has given him. I love the connection. Doesn't that happen in our life sometimes? We have these moments that we never forget that are like before and after. And in that tragic summer in the GTA, where the summer of the gun, um, that he was led to put those two words together, violence and violin. And because of that, thousands of young people's lives have been impacted, transformed, blessed because of that one vision that came in that one moment. But the main thing is, is that Moshe said yes to it. He 
said yes to, to trying it out, to growing it, to fulfilling it. And so, oh man, like, like it, it, I, was, I was so encouraged um, by this conversation. It, it, it gives life even greater meaning and purpose. And I hope you have felt that way too as you listen to the story. Like I love the, the practicality too. You know, often um, my life is, is often connected to, to the sporting world. And we always say as coaches that it's not just about the sport, not just about basketball, not just about baseball, not just about hockey, it's about life. And, and heard that loud and clear from Moshe that it's not just about learning a musical instrument, which is happening in these programs, but it's about life. It's about life skills, about showing up on time, about taking responsibility. This one caught me about someone believing in you enough that you could learn the violin, that you could be responsible to take the violin home and not lose it. Like there is, there is such power in that. So I don't know what your world is like, friends, but but whatever your passion is, whatever your life is like, just just know that God can use you to make a difference in other people's lives. And certainly heard, heard that in a beautiful way from Moshe. Uh, friends, just encourage you to, to follow him, um, to check out their resources. We'll we'll have that in, in our notes. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a free program that can only be free because there's con- contributors um, from a variety of places. And uh, if you're like, me, I felt really moved to give to to the Hammer Band because I deeply appreciate the incredible work that they're doing. Maybe you do too, and I just encourage you, challenge you, uh, if you do, to follow up with that one and support this this beautiful individual, his team, and the incredible ministry that God has led them to do. Friends, always, always, always good to be with you. Thanks for being a part of the Good News Podcast family. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Good News with Jamie Holtham. If you subscribe, if you join us, you will be be notified every time a new episode is released each week. And so we'd love for you to to be be, uh, connected in that way as well. God bless you and uh, be with you, always praying for you and cheering you on. And thanks again for the time together today. God bless. Hope to see you again real soon.